Welcome to the Fulfillment Project Podcast. I'm your host, Simply Sarah, and I'm so glad that we've connected here today. I've created a series called Life Chats. This is a four-part series of each of my amazing guests as I take you on a journey through their awakening process. My aim and goal for this show is to give you, the seeker, a container to explore your own growth as you awaken and step into more alignment, more joy, and more fulfillment every single day. We have Emma Subajak back for part four, your final episode to wrap up your life chat series. It's been such a pleasure unwinding this journey and this story with you. And I've, I've been on this journey from that breakup in 2019 to your growth, to dating again, to finding the guy that you're with right now and all the growth that you've had over the past two years with him. And so it's just been so beautiful to unpack this with you. You know, it's, it's been a journey and I appreciate this opportunity to kind of, um, you know, reminisce a little bit about the different steps in this journey, because the journey is continuous and it's fluid. And sometimes, you know, it's hard to appreciate how far you've come until you actually reflect on where you've been mm-hmm. and different parts of that journey. So it's, it's really been interesting, like looking back, like, oh, remembering that. Oh, I remember that feeling like, you know, I thought that I would never get past that feeling or whatnot. And then, and then, yeah, just seeing where I am now. It's really, it's been really wonderful. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, On the last episode, we were chatting about family dynamics, particularly looking at our parents and the relationship, relationship dynamic and what we take on and learn from that for uh, our ideals of what a relationship should be. And I want to dive further into that Um, I want to chat about some core examples that you consciously recognized yourself playing into an old program, um, stepping out of that program, just being conscious of your growth. Because like we were saying in the last episode, you can have awareness, but the growth happens in the moment when you decide to take a different action or recognize an old program running in your mind that is no longer going to serve you for the relationship or the life or the business that you want to build. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, I've seen I've seen myself um, be more conscious of decisions, not just like in relationships or even friendships, but in business as well. I mean, I've, I've been running my business now for 12 years. Like I, I registered in 2010 officially. And um, that's been a huge, you know, learning and growth journey in of its own. So it's really interesting seeing how this work that I've been doing on myself to improve my ability to have like a healthy relationship is actually like translated into having better boundaries in my business, having more trust with others in my business, all kinds of benefits. So yeah, let's unpack some of it. (laughs) It's interesting what you say there about focusing on your relationship and it evolving into other areas of your life. There was a study done by Harvard, I believe it was, and they, they followed a group of people for 75 years and, you know, asked them what, what, what a fulfilling life meant to them. And it came down to like the core relationships that they have. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what a great feeling to find your little soul family, right. And to be able to connect on, on such a deep level. I, I, can't imagine like living life another way now. Yeah. We've, we've used the word program a lot. Uh, I really see our minds as a computer program. Uh, naturally our brain and our human body wants to expend the least amount of energy as possible from a survival perspective. And so there are these programs that run in our mind and I'd love for you to give your description or explanation of the subconscious and the conscious mind. 
Right. So on a very kind of up-level overview, um, uh, definition would be that like the conscious mind is everything that you're aware of at any given time. So like right now, the thoughts that are going through my head, this room, this environment, the world in general, like everything that I'm currently aware of is my conscious mind. And then the subconscious mind is the opposite of that. It's everything that you're currently unaware of. Um, I would say that the subconscious mind in a lot of ways it creates, sorry, it stores patterns like from our from our childhood, for example, things that we've learned, um, experiences that we've had, and it creates these uh, patterns, these automatic responses to given stimuli, and plays those out without us necessarily being aware of it. That's the whole point of it being subconscious, right? We're not aware that the decisions that we're making are kind of on autopilot. Maybe not the best decisions for us. Maybe they're maladaptive behaviors in some way. So I think that the subconscious mind really serves to protect us in a lot of ways. Like maybe we were hurt in childhood in this way and it's because, you know, of X, Y, and Z. And in the future, if I only act like this and I won't get hurt in the same way. And then 30 years later, you come across a scenario that's similar. Well, we probably had many, you know, experiences like that in that 30 years, but you come across an experience that's similar and your knee-jerk reaction is just to behave in this way that's going to avoid that pain, that criticism, that whatever. Um, and it's not necessarily the best choice for you. It's not necessarily, you know, the, the choice that's going to propel you forward in growth and, and life and maybe even bring more pain, right? Without you even realizing it. So I feel like I was operating on autopilot in so many ways um, leading up to the last few years. And I'm certain that I'll look back to this time and realize that I was playing out maybe other scripts subconsciously that I have yet to realize as the whole, as the whole point of it being subconscious, we don't really know. Yes. And it's, it's right? the work quote unquote. Work. Uh, yeah. And there's so, and, and being in the moment and being conscious of the pattern that you're running out is really where we create change. Um, there's a lot of value in hypnosis, NLP work. We're going to chat about psilocybin and then shamanic uh, ceremonies as well that I know you've done, but when you're like in the moment, let's talk about some examples, you know, with the relationship you've had the past two years of making a different decision or recognizing a program or a pattern right. that you, that you were playing out. What are some things that come to mind? Um, well, the people pleasing don't rock the boat, walking on eggshells <laughs> type of person that I am. Um, so what that played into, like, let's say, for example, when my partner and I first met um, and, you know, for the months subsequent, I realized that I was avoiding like bringing up things that were maybe bothering me or something that I wanted to discuss minor stuff, like really not, not anything big at all. Like it's embarrassing how minor it was. And yet I was so nervous to like bring it up and rock the boat and potentially cause an issue. And maybe we have an argument or whatever. Like I had all these fears because well, as a child, like wanting to be a perfect child, not really, you know, wanting to rock that boat, make things difficult, be a good kid, stay in your lane, that sort of thing. Um, and then also programming from previous relationships where if I did bring something up that was bothering me, I would inevitably cause a huge fight, even if it was a super minor thing. Um, I'd be gaslit, it'll be turned around on me. And by the end of the conversation, I'd be apologizing for being upset in the first place, you know? <laughs> like, oh my gosh, how embarrassing. But that's that's the reality of the situation. So 
I was avoiding bringing things up and I didn't even realize. And they were, they was kind of like brewing in me just like below the surface. I'm really good at suppressing emotions by working a lot. So <laughs> I responsible work all like checking in. Um, <laughs> so I'd, you know, maybe something, this thought would come up and I would just like stuff it back down. It's stupid. Don't, you know, you shouldn't be upset about that. That's nothing to really like bring up whatever, but then it would like come up again and again over the course of a couple of days to the point where it's like, okay, I have to like bring this up in some way. And that's when I realized like, why, why have I just not been acknowledging a, that like, this is a thought that's coming up. I'm trying to suppress it, you know, um, kind of don't, uh, don't prioritize like my feelings and, and emotions and that sort of thing. But then also the added fear of like, well, if I do bring it up, it's going to maybe cause an issue in this relationship or whatever. So that was a really interesting learning process, bringing up something that uh, is bothering me in this new relationship and having my feelings reaffirmed, you know, being um, acknowledged, not being um, invalidated. I think that's really what what it was. I was used to being invalidated, used to my feelings being invalidated. So it was really interesting being in a relationship where like the other person hears what you're saying and doesn't make you feel bad about it. <laughs> what? Yes. So that that first, you know, in every relationship, that's, there's that first time where you like bring something up that's like bothering you in some way. And like I said, it was super minor, but it was a huge mirror once again on myself. Like, why did I not want to bring this up? And my partner even said, he's like, you know, if something's bothering you in the future, like you don't have to wait like four days to bring it up. Like, just let me know. It makes makes you really see of like, wow, like I was running this way and like, I didn't have to be. And and they think they're like, well, why would you act like that? But because of minor, why did you not bring this up? (laughs) You know, and that was again, like another mirror onto my own patterns and behavior and programming. Like I was avoiding bringing this up because I had these sort of very deeply ingrained fears about what that might do. And logically, you know, bringing something up that's bothering you in a relationship or, or really anything that might like rock the boat in some way. So let's just lead with the example that I've given, you know, had I brought this up, this minor thing, and it caused a huge fight and, you know, I was invalidated or whatever, like that would have been like massive red flag. That would have been a gift in of itself to learn more about the other person and be like, Whoa, is this, this is not right for me. Right. Mm -hmm. If, if my current partner had behaved the same way as my previous partner, I would have had to get out of there. Right. So it would have been a great, it was like a great test in that way. I don't want to like call it a test, but realistically, that's how I should have thought of it. I was like, well, if I do bring this up and it's an issue, then that's an issue. Right. But it's retraining yourself to recognize, no, this is the relationship dynamic I want to be in. And if this is the relationship dynamic, then I cannot act like this or else I'm creating the same scenario again. Yeah. Yeah. Or if this is the relationship that I want and then these other elements, you know, I don't want this, but then it leads to that. Well, then that's outside of the box of my boundaries, right? The, yes. What I'm willing to, the behavior I'm willing to accept. Yeah. Yeah. Has that, so has that process good. taught you self-love? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> because so much of it then is um, validating your own feelings and realizing that my own feelings are valuable and are not like something to ignore. They're worth 
actually acknowledging. For so long, I think I've been used to like putting myself last and like not walking eggshells, not rocking the boat, being the perfect partner, being a people pleaser, you know, that in so many ways, all of those things put yourself last. Right. And then you teach people how to love you. The more you abandon and deny yourself, you're putting their needs ahead. Uh, Yeah. People pleasing. Oh, recovering people pleasers unite. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here as well. We're, we're in the club. Responsible workahol- workaholics and people pleasers. Yes. It's what our wounds bonded, but we happen to grow together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> our wounds match. Uh, what are some other examples of catching yourself in the moment? Um, I know there's been you going away or you know, right. him doing things for you. Yeah. So like going away, um that. I, I had basically stopped going away with friends in my previous relationship because I didn't want to rock the boat. Again, there was a lot of like insecurity on my ex's part and that sort of thing. And every time I dared go away, it would inevitably cause some kind of issue. Like if I, in the moment when I was away, I would feel compelled to constantly let him know what I was up to so that he wouldn't be worried about what I was doing. And you know, wouldn't feel insecure and his anxiety will be, um, alleviated and that sort of thing. So there was that, but then eventually it just led to it being more trouble than it was worth in a way, like in my head, I was maladaptive, but in my head, I was like, ah, maybe I just, I'll just skip out on this trip because I'll never hear the end of it. You know, like, what were you doing there? And like, I don't know what you were up to and all these sort of like insinuating. It makes you, um, make you, you feel guilty all the time. Like I've, I've been there past, you feel guilty for something you haven't even done. Totally. Yeah. It's like, am I such a bad person that I need to feel guilty all the time? Like what, yeah. what? But yeah, so, um, you know, fast forward to this new relationship and get invited to go camping with friends. And I agree to it. Like, on a win, like knee jerk reaction. I didn't give it much thought. And then I remember afterwards being like, shit, I have to tell him Mm. this is going to cause problems. Is he going to be jealous? Is he going to be worried about me going away? Like all of these things. And once again, much like the, maybe I shouldn't bring up this thing that's bothering me. Like realistically, that was like a good opportunity to see how this dynamic would function, to learn more about my partner and you know, his perspectives and, and all that. So I didn't even realize that I was like, it was again, below the surface, kind of subconscious, this like anxiety, nervousness. Um, I think it maybe like took me a week where I like finally mentioned it. And I remember like my heart racing, Mm. like, whoa, baggage. I'm just going away with friends for like three days. This is not like some kind of groundbreaking trip or anything that anyone should have to worry about. And he was like, awesome. I hope you have a great time. And I was like, oh, oh. And that's when it really hit me like, oh my God, I'm such an idiot. Why did I bring this up? (laughs) But I didn't even realize that I was playing out wounds and baggage and stuff that had nothing to do with my current relationship. Mm -hmm. Nothing. It was just like, here's my baggage. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was a, it was a very interesting learning experience. Mm. I want to talk about your ability to receive which is a very feminine energy. Um, in in your own words, you know, how would you describe, you know, masculine and feminine en- energy? Um, well, I've existed in the masculines for so long. So that's a very familiar energy for me. Um, you know, masculine energy is structured, organized, giving, um, I would describe it as a more type A energy if we want to you know, put a label on it in that way. Uh, masculine energy is like providing for others. And I 
existed in this masculine energy in my business, I mean, we're, we're, um, we are rewarded for running our businesses with masculine energy. You need to be organized. You need to be structured. You need to give to clients and provide and, you know, all of those things. Um, and I was that way in my relationship too, with my exes, I was always the giver and never the receiver. And I did not expect anything. And I didn't realize that I was missing receiving because I just, that concept did not exist in my world. Like I, I just, I was not somebody that needed gifts or needed things to be done for me. I'm self-sufficient. I can do it on my own. In fact, I'm so good at life that I will help you run your life <laughs> while running my own. <laughs> so yeah, so I, I was very, I was existing in the masculine. The feminine energy on the other hand is flowy, restorative, um, creative. I, I almost think of it as like this, like, daydreaming energy where you actually have like capacity to think bigger and like I would step into that energy let's say on vacation or something like that when we went to like Nicaragua and whatnot and you know feel like this recuperation because I think my you know masculine and feminine energy is not necessarily tied to whether you're male or female like some women will exist much better in a masculine energy and that will be comfortable for them and they won't burn out um and vice versa with males as well um but for me personally i think my my default should be more of a feminine energy but because i was existing so much in the masculine that drained me i never allowed myself downtime restorative time to me taking downtime was like a waste of time like I could be doing something productive and accumulating resources right now <laughs> you're so, so masculine <laughs> oh man I'd be like on my couch at, I'd, I'd shut off my computer at like 11 p.m and an email would come in and I'm like well I've got to respond to this email right now um so yeah it was very uh very draining so it was an interesting reflecting on the dynamics between let's say last relationship and and the imbalances that I allowed to perpetuate um which were a result of that imbalance as well like I I felt like I needed to exist in the masculine in order to keep the relationship together and to keep things organized and to um buoy my partner and his business and and all that stuff um and keep my own business you know together and whatnot um, and being in this new relationship where I actually, it's almost like I have permission to like, or I've given myself permission to step into the feminine. I don't have to do everything for him. In fact, he's very capable, like more capable than I am of a lot of things. You know what I mean? So it's been really interesting being with somebody who has a very masculine energy and that in turn allows me to step back and exist in a more feminine energy. I always find like our time together to be so restorative. Mm. And for that reason, I think, and in the last two years, I mean, business has never been crazier for me than it was in 2021, for example, and the second half of 2022 after lockdowns and whatnot. And yet, despite not going away, which would be my permission to myself to step into a feminine and recharge, despite not going away in any you know, big capacity. I haven't burnt out in all of this time. Like, wow, this feminine energy thing really. There's something to it. Like, I I have to. I value it now, um, and I I see it's. I see the need to like tap into that part of myself on a regular regular basis. Otherwise, like that go 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 feeling and that anxiety that comes with it. Like, I don't want to exist in that anymore. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's so powerful when you feel that, but the, the feminine will become more masculine to create, to create the structure and the safety. If she doesn't feel safe, if she doesn't trust her masculine because he's not stepping up from a masculine perspective, she'll put her lady balls on and do what she needs to do. Many sets. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, No, that's exactly it. So it's been really interesting being with a partner who's very giving. um, And realizing very early on in our relationship that I had a severe discomfort with receiving and it would be like the littlest things we're sitting on the couch watching a movie babe do you want a drink yeah and then he says let me go get it for you little mind like the most minor thing and yet I would feel like no 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 no. let me do it Mm. it's okay you don't need to take care of me and I caught myself you know doing stuff like that I think he even like brought my attention to it at one point like let me do it it's fine I was like oh oh oh, okay like where is this guilt even coming from for like having a hard time receiving such a minor you know act of love from somebody else like why do I have such discomfort with that I remember you met you text me you guys were planning to go away for a uh, a camping trip and you're like he offered to do the grocery shopping and it was like this huge thing for you <laughs> yeah so you know I've, I've always loved um, travel, as you know, and we've enjoyed that together as well. And I'm very much like a planner. And um, although I've learned how to be a little bit more, like when we went to Nicaragua, like, did we know anything about, we didn't know there were volcanoes. Like it was, <laughs> we, we almost, were... we almost went to the wrong, we booked a hotel in the wrong city for our layover. That's how, but we, yeah. that was a time we were completely burnt out and we're like, get me the fuck out of here. Like, yeah. I just, I need to restore. Yeah. Not San Jose, California. Okay. Um. Anyways, so yeah, we, we planned this camping trip and in all my previous relationships, I would plan every aspect of a trip and take care of absolutely all of the details and take my partner on the trip. Like you're welcome. You didn't have to, you just had to get on the plane or get in the car and you just, the rest of like, how, how lovely. Um, so anyways, leading up to this camping trip, just doing, you know, making my, my list as I always do to like not miss anything. And I had a busy week leading up to leaving for this trip. So my partner was like, Hey, why don't you, can you like send me that list? She's like, I know you have a busy week ahead. I'll take care of all of the shopping. We can just pick up like the meat uh, that we need like the day of. And I was like, really? I'm like, oh, okay, we can do that. And then I would have this fear like, what if you forget stuff? And then you have to like fix all the mistakes. Mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> so but I had to learn to trust and I had to al- learn to allow myself to receive, you know, this help. I didn't have to do it all. What? So he takes care of the shopping. Um, we get together on the, the Saturday to like leave for this trip. I think it was a Saturday. And uh, so we got all the grocery bags. I got everything but the meat. I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't have to think about this like at all. I didn't have to worry. Wow. So Again, yet another kind of minor thing um, that really shined a light on my difficulty receiving, my difficulty uh, trusting people to be competent enough to do things to my standards. Perfectionism, that's where that comes from, right? Um, and, and really just like stepping back and, and allowing space in the relationship to have the other partner do something for me. Like I just, it's, wow, it's, it's an unlearning. Wild. It's such an unlearning process Gosh. and to catch yourself. And like you said, it's the minor, it's oh the minor God. things, but it you don't realize, 
yeah, like the capacity or like the, the energy, the mental space it takes up the the physical energy, uh, all these little things can erode at us. If us females who primarily have that feminine essence are so much in the masculine and so much in the controlling and the, I don't want to say not controlling, but the structuring, the, the right. lead, the leading, the feminine yeah. is like the being the masculine is the leading and the giving. Right. Hello, fellow seeker, Sarah here. I want to jump into the middle of this episode to bring your awareness to my program, The Upgrade. This is a six-week program that I developed for you to have self-exploration and awakening. It is an immersive transformation program that pairs a three-day in-person retreat at a location within Ontario, Canada. If you're looking for community and if you're looking for a container for growth, this is why I've created this. I have taken so many tools and modalities that I've used along my own journey and helped many friends and clients as well go through an upgrade process. At the retreat, we are going to be doing a shamanic ceremony and going to explore some different plant medicines that you're able to use to explore and expand your consciousness. Deep dive into your subconscious, start to rewrite those beliefs and stories that are no longer serving you for this next level of your life. If this piques your curiosity, you can grab the link in the show notes at my website, simplysarah.com. In the navigation, you'll see the upgrade. And perhaps this is a part of your journey this year. You know, it was really um, eye-opening in of itself. Like in, in my, like I was single for about a year. I intended to maybe be single longer, but hey, what can you do? Um, but yeah, so in, in that time to develop the sense of self, like who am I alone, living alone with my kitties, but like who is... Emma, like, what are her, what is her program? What is this? What is that? What does she like to do? And I, you know, started a a few different, like singing lessons and this and that, whatever, um, in my time of like being alone. And I had that as my idea, like, this is who Emma is when she's single. And I kind of thought that being in a relationship, like I would have, I'm worried about not feeling who I am anymore. You know, like I, I mentioned in the previous episode, like losing myself. So it's been very interesting being in this relationship and still feeling like my whole self. And I joked, it's almost like I still feel single, but like not in a romantic way. Like I'm not single, but I feel my whole self. Like I'm, I'm, I've allowed myself to be my whole person mm-hmm. uh, and still do the things that I enjoy and travel with my girlfriends and this and that and whatever, run my business as I see fit without worrying about in a healthy relationship. What? Yeah, yes, exactly. Like and that's, it's healthy. Like, yeah. do you feel that time and that healing and the modalities and the therapist allowed you to actually get to know who Emma was? So that you knew the boundaries of what you did not want to lose. Yeah, absolutely. But it was still, um, it was still scary, like putting it into practice. And I didn't, I didn't know confidently that I would be able to maintain what I had learned. Mm. So easy to fall back into patterns. And to this day, I still catch myself. As you know, we talk about this, like, am I making the right decision here? Am I like making, uh, am I, am I, like making the same decisions based on programming? Am I making new decisions? Like you start to second guess yourself. That's something that has been more difficult for me over the last two years. It's like, I 
trusted that I was making the right decisions before and they were the wrong decisions. Granted, they led to a lot of learning and growth and all these great things, but I thought I was making good decisions at the time. So now that I've learned how like catastrophic some of those decisions were, I have this almost like self-doubt that creeps in sometimes. Like, am I making the same decision? Like, am I making wrong decisions? Am I making good decisions? I don't know all the time what the right answer is. I know that time will allow me to see things more clearly as we always do in hindsight. We see how things connect. But I think I've just had to learn to like live more in the moment in that way and like go with my gut as well like I I have good feelings in my gut that I have to I think follow the the feminine is very intuitive and when yeah and and when we are running so much in our masculine we shut that off if we're constantly in the doing and constantly in the head and constantly in the logic you might hear a whisper which um you know you alluded to before you you have like no no that's okay I'll just stuff that down yeah, or it like a matter. red flag comes up and you're like, man, my gut's wrong. Why would I trust a feeling rather than logic and certainty? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. still, you know, a work in progress is like uh, learning to trust myself and learning to surrender also to life in a lot of ways. And not surrender as in complacency. I think a lot of people mix that up, but surrender that like whatever will be, will be not to song lyric, but you know, to actually surrender and, and um, go on this journey, knowing that mistakes will be made. And I know that looking back, I will realize that I could have done things better or could have made maybe better decisions or whatever. Like that's just, it just is what it is. Like it's, yeah. that's inevitable. It's inevitable. But um, yeah, and checking in with myself often as well, you know, actually listening to my gut, actually valuing what my gut is saying rather than discrediting it. Yeah. Yeah. You've used, uh, you know, like traditional roots of healing therapy, very valuable. I know Greg was such a great resource for you. And even into, you know, this relationship that you're in now, you utilized him a lot for that first year, I believe it was, um, to help you navigate that. I've also seen you use energy work, um, hypnosis, and you also took part in a shamanic mushroom ceremony, um, with psilocybin. And so right. what was, what was that, uh, or let me ask you this. Why did you feel curious to do a psilocybin ceremony? Right. So I've, I've, I've done mushrooms a number of times in like a recreational capacity. Um, super fun, great colors, amazing feelings. You feel very connected. Um, and, and I recognized from those like more recreational experiences, the therapeutic benefits that it could have as well, because even during these like fun recreational experiences, you have these realizations, your, your brain's ability to connect maybe seemingly unrelated concepts is in like enhanced. You, you suddenly make, Oh yeah. Like that. Whoa. So that's always been very fascinating to me from that perspective. Um, and also, uh, the sense of like connectedness with the universe. Like as somebody, like when I, when I've done mushrooms, like on a more recreational capacity, it was, I was not in tune with like spiritual aspects of myself at that time. And yet during those experiences, I would feel the sense of there's something greater and there's, there's so much more than what's in this room right now. The sense of connectedness to like a higher something, you know, the universe, other beings, individuals, whatever. So I recognize the value from, from that perspective. Uh, 
so I was very curious about like how, if I was to, to use the substance in a, uh, more, let's, let's say productive capacity, you know, therapeutic capacity, give it a job to do, <laughs> you know, <Check. laughs> Check that off my list. That wasn't on my list of goals, but it should be. Um, but I have to say like going into it, I was actually really nervous and I've, I've been nervous before, uh, trying them before because you kind of have to let go. And that's hard for me as somebody who likes to be in control and likes to know what's going to happen, likes to, you know, insulate myself from, unpredictable things it's it can be difficult to let go and to go on this journey and something that really scared me um going into the actual ceremony was that I would have a blindfold on and I would be in my own world what's that going to look like that really freaked me out because again every time I tried it before it was in a recreational capacity you have other people to interact with where would my mind go if I was just by myself in this experience. Um, and I'm realizing now, as I'm, I'm saying this to you, like, it's almost like I've had to learn how to have more space with my own mind. Like I get lost in work and I don't necessarily have to think about my emotions or this or that, um, as a responsible workaholic. So to actually turn inward was very, um, scary for me. Yeah. And I went into it kind of open-minded. Like I didn't really have a big question or anything like that. I was just kind of like, you know, I, I don't know what the purpose of this is. Like, just show me what I need to see. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And what did you see, feel any insights that came back? Yeah. So, um, well, first of all, like the, the, the feeling is so expansive right? It's hard to describe to somebody who's never experienced it. Like, like to my partner, you know, I'm the bad one that like does the, (laughs) does drugs, I guess. You are the one who likes to explore. Yes. I like to explore Uh, within reason. I'm I'm not, uh, not that adventurous. Um, But anyway, so, you know, trying to explain to somebody who's never experienced anything like this before. And you, you literally just do not, like, I'm not a poet. I don't have the words to explain um, the space that this opens up in a way like your eyes are closed and yet your internal being feels so expansive and like it's it's somewhere else that you you can't describe this place and then on top of that obviously there's incredible colors and sensations and some of it is dark you know but you have to breathe through it and realize that there's you know there is no light without darkness there is no Mm-hmm. you know, happiness without some discomfort. There, there has to be that duality in order to appreciate the good stuff, right? Um, so it was an incredible experience. I had this thought and it was really like, it's so simple. <laughs> my my take home point <laughs> from the experience. Um, I had this very, very clear voice of my, it was my own voice or like my higher self, maybe, um, very, very clear voice. Just say, mostly I'm just confused. (laughs) And it was so funny that I started laughing in, in like in the moment in real life, because it was just so silly in its simplicity. And I think also kind of shed light on my 
you know, internal self over the last couple of years of trying to figure out, you know, why my relationship self-destructed before and like what came of like, why did that happen? What did I do to like perpetuate these things? And, you know, and then leading into um, my own work and like the deep dive into my own programming and the confusion that came from like, all of that, tearing that down, trying to build myself in like a healthier way, trying to make better decisions, confusion about whether they are good decisions. And, you know, am I repeating some of the same mistakes without realizing it? I just, you know, confusion about what's going on in the world right now. I'm looking around, like, have people lost their minds? I don't understand. So <laughs> confusion on literally every aspect of my life in some way was boiled down into this very clear voice almost like poking fun at me like mostly I'm just confused like mostly and in that moment my response was as I was chuckling about that was and that's okay and it just hit me like it's okay to not have all the answers as someone who likes to have all the answers and likes to know where things are going and be a planner and have everything figured out whoa it's okay for me to just be confused and exist in that and not know the answers. That doesn't make me a failure. It doesn't make me, you know, an incompetent person or anything like that. Anyway, so it was really cool. Like I have a huge smile on my face and I'm getting like goosebumps just thinking about it because it was such a, it was such a great moment. Like it was so funny. And I laugh about it now just because of how, like goofy it was and yet so eye-opening yeah we, we I know we still laugh about it and it's it's <laughs> running joke we have a running joke about it it's it's hilarious but yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so simple and brought like what you said yeah. shed so much light on so many areas right. and the gift of like yeah like I don't have to have it all figured out right. like, did that create space and ease oh, yeah. like what what did that give for Very you yeah, very much so. It created a space to be okay with not knowing the answer to everything, not knowing where things are going in society, you know, or not knowing exactly where relationship stuff is even going. I don't know what things are going to look like point for point over the next couple of months. Like, you know, we're kind of going with the flow in that respect. Like it's okay to not have it all figured out. And I've definitely had like a greater sense of peace and like surrender again that word comes up um ever since that realization you know it's okay and that's the thing about having realizations uh with psilocybin is they end up almost like they make a deeper impact on you like I could have been sitting at my computer or like on the couch relaxing and come up with mostly I'm just confused but it doesn't have the same like resonance that sort of deep resonance and connection and, and meaning like it does when your experience is being expanded with psilocybin. Yeah. yeah. I, found, I found that, well, because one of the major mechanisms of it is it shuts off your default mode network, which right. is your ego. So it shuts yeah. off your ego. It shuts yeah. off that protective mechanism, that, that crisis right. and that judgment yeah. that we have on ourselves. And so when you have a realization, it allows you to see it with your wholehearted self exactly. in a loving capacity. Yeah. You're, yeah, almost, exactly you're, you're able to do healing in the moment with that and bring back that transformation of yourself. Yeah. Bring it forward. That's the thing. You don't like lose it to the experience. You don't yeah. forget it. It stays with you. And it's been, you know, it's, 
it's very cool seeing psilocybin and, and other um, psychedelic uh, substances being used in therapeutic capacities finally. Um, you know, as part of the, the U.S. like war on drugs in, in the 60s, all of those programs and, and research that was being done at the time to, to assess the therapeutic aspects of these substances was all thrown in the trash because suddenly these substances were made illegal and you couldn't access them even for therapeutic benefit, right? So it's been interesting seeing um, a shift uh, in society into recognizing the benefits of these substances and having actual like research restarting again, showing, for example, you know, there's there's been more than one study showing that after a psilocybin experience, people report feelings of positivity, like enhanced positivity for up to a year after one experience, you know, that's, that's incredible. Like that should be available to people. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Recognizing, you know, depression symptoms, right. um, even another substance, MDMA being used for PTSD, yes. you know, yes. taking away that this pain and this struggle right. that people deal with. And no matter how much, you know, cognitive therapy, if like, there's just something so deep rooted when you can have that altered state of consciousness right. and be able to do basically self-healing on yourself right. because you can yeah. see yourself in a different light. I think part of it too, um, part of the reason why like these substances are beneficial is because unlike, let's say an SSRI, which yes, like is extremely beneficial for many people, um, an experience with like psilocybin or MDMA uh, adds a level of like spiritual connectivity to the experience, which I don't think you get from as, as somebody who's not had antidepressants in my personal life. Um, sorry, like myself, I haven't taken any. Um, I feel like there's an added layer with something like MDMA or, or psilocybin in, in this case, where there's a sense of greater connection mm -hmm. from that experience. And you carry that forward as well. Yeah. You know, it's, we, we get so, um, caught up living in our little lives and our, you know, problems and all of this minor, like nitty gritty stuff. And we forget to like, think bigger, yeah. you know, think like wider, larger, like where, what is this universe? What is our subjective reality you know what is our objective reality what what does it all mean like could it could our reality really be just the five senses that we are capable of perceiving no there's so much more and like I think these experiences are a way to like think about that in greater detail and, and connect with that in a very meaningful way at least it has been for me yeah, yeah. Also as well, like with uh, a ceremony aspect and uh, a preparation from it, like prepping your physical body, there's a ritual that goes into it. You're like, I have carved out this piece of time to focus on myself, to, to do some deeper healing, to expand my mind, to see what's in there. And there's something so powerful about creating that space for yourself. Yeah, as opposed yeah. to, and I'm not knocking antidepressants or prescription medication at all. They, they, they have their place, but even, you know, an antidepressant, pop a pill every day, are you doing anything else to perpetuate that healing right. or to perpetuate your growth uh, from whatever you're suffering with? Yeah. And I, I mean, you know, I think part of that is that our society and our culture is very um, quick fix, like yeah. slap a bandaid on it. Let's move yeah. forward. Yeah. Go to the doctor. I have a problem. 
here's your medication and good luck. See you, see you in a you know, couple months or whatever. Um, I agree. I, I think our, our culture is very focused on quick fixes in, in many ways, not just in this way. I mean, we're, we're like a throwaway culture and that's why I'm still repairing the socks. <laughs> but yeah, like we're, we're, that's our culture. And I, I don't want to like fault people for not necessarily um, like taking initiative to improve their lives and in other ways when, when that is so outside of people's schemas, right? It's so far outside of people's idea of what healing is or what getting better is. And part of that too, is, I mean, just like access to something like therapy is, is limited unless you have money to like pay for a therapist. It's very, very difficult to get help, um, like get professional assistance and whatnot from therapists, psychotherapists, whatever, uh, if you don't have money. So it's inaccessible for a lot of people as well. Yeah. It's been a journey. Yes. A journey. Um, I'll end with this. We've been chatting about the last three years of this huge growth, uh, growth expansion that you've been on. Um, and I have to say it has been so inspiring for me to watch you go through this, like, Oh, you've helped me bring awareness to different things in my life. Um, seeing you blossom into this like beautiful woman who has so much respect and groundedness and boundaries now. And, you know, you know who you are. Uh, it's work in progress. Work in progress. Always, always. And so looking back, what would you want Emma in like early 2019 to know if you could go back? That it would all be okay and not just be okay, but be so much better than before. Um, you know, Emma back then, she was, I feel like she was on the verge of something. Like I, I had already been starting some deeper work, you know, with NLP and and stuff like that, but it was just like the the tip of the iceberg of where I'd eventually end up. So I, I had inklings of like where things could go, but I didn't really know. Mm -hmm. So really, you know, it was a difficult time, but I wouldn't change it for anything in the world. Yeah. 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 That, that unfolding process, like every moment has such benefits to the next. Yeah. Yeah. It really does. And, you know, I'm curious where the next few years will go and I'm curious what I will have learned in that time. Like I, I joke with people and like, when am I, I feel like I've lived three lifetimes in the last like three years. Cause you up, you upgrade yourself. You change your program. I mean, we always joke like, Oh, past Sarah or, you know, future Sarah, future Emma, uh, because I don't know who I'm going to be. You don't know who you're going to be. We know that we're on a growth path. Like we will keep evolving. And so there's these different versions of ourselves and different people in our lives from these different versions. And we're doing different things in these different versions. So you can literally have many lifetimes within one. I I truly believe I can see that. Yeah, that's what it feels like. It's a journey. I love it. Thank you, my friend. What a beautiful story. Thank you for your vulnerability, your openness. You know, I hope this conversation brought value. You know, maybe there's another woman who's going through what you're going through or recognizing patterns in her relationship or wanting to step up and make changes. And so I know you've, your story has been so inspiring. Um, Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It's always, it's always lovely chatting life and the bigger picture with you. Yes. Life. (laughs) Thank you, darling. Thank you for everybody who has watched and listened to this four-part series. Um, Emma, where can people find you? She is a fantastic photographer. Look at any of my branding stuff the past, what, three, four years. It's all you. Where can we find you? Um, So you can find me on Instagram at E-M-A underscore S-U-V-A-J-A-C. That's my personal profile. It connects to my like other three (laughs) photography brands. So uh, that's, that's, I think, the best way to find me. 
Awesome. Wonderful. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Thank you for joining me on this episode today. My website, simplysarah.com is a great place for me to continue to support you on your journey to alignment, joy, and fulfillment. There you will find upcoming retreats that I am hosting, resources, books, and many other helpful tools to help you on your travels through this thing called life.